You're listening to Rosie on the House. Eight o'clock, first Saturday of the month. We are talking farm fresh, and we try and tie into uh, something that's currently coming to market that's farm fresh, that's grown here in Arizona. Now, not everything is uh, seasonal. And there's a lot of, like, your beef isn't necessarily seasonal. Your dairy is not necessarily seasonal. And today we're talking farm fresh cheese. That's not exactly a seasonal thing, but we put it together with April because I can't remember why. I think it was just on the list, and it was sounded fun, and we hadn't done cheese before. And because <laughs> this is Julie with Arizona Farm Bureau, we do so much wonderful local cheese, and we've got a new producer of a very unique cheese. You had to put it in there, Romy. Had to. Had to. And cheese is something that I, making, uh, I tried to get into. If When we started making the Whitman Plantation, we wanted to produce 70% minimum of our own food and produce. And I was looking at everything we eat. I'm like, you know, we go through a lot of cheese. <laughs> we we got to figure protein. out how to make cheese. And we got goats. And there was a time I was milking every single morning. And I dove into making goat cheese which was a lot of fun cheese making process is very tedious and it's a lot of fun and it was just something that you know when we had two kids and two horses I could keep up with but now that we've got four kids and eight horses something (laughs) had to give so (laughs) maybe one day we'll get back into the cheese making but that that had to take a back seat for for the child development youth time (laughs) yes well and you have to um Lean on Paul Rovey, who's with us in studio, because he's got five kids, and like you said, three and a half of them are helping you on your dairy, right? That's correct, yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Paul. Uh, Glad to be here. And your family history and farming in the West Valley of Glendale, Litchfield, Goodyear, goes back over 100 years. Right, yeah. We, uh, my, my great-grandfather came here, uh, actually my grandfather came here in uh, 1912, just uh, in, in, in the month of August. So it came at the bright time of the year. And, and uh, so just after it became a state, and uh, we've, my dad was born here. My mom was born down in Tucson. So we've, we've been around Arizona for a long time. And you've got the Rovi Dairy. It's on Northern. I pass it every single morning on the way to the station. I take the 303 now that that Northern Parkway comes through, you know, get you almost to the 101 without a stoplight. And at... Uh, 5.30 in the morning, it's a pretty easy sail across northern to 16th Street. Right, yeah. On the, and the week, on, on the weekdays, though, it's, a, uh, it's like a freeway in front of our place because we have, we have the uh, feed and our dry cows on the north side of the road and our milk and, and our calves on the south side of the road. So we have to cross that road probably 100 times a day with that traffic. It's, uh, it's a challenge. <laughs> and I've, I have done that before. you got to stop and you got to let the big tractor come through and you're herding the cattle across when you're switching uh, from from being an active dairy cow to being in the resting facility. Correct. It's yeah. one of the few uh, dairy farms and farms in general where it's kind of stayed true to farming and urban, right? Yeah, that yeah, we've uh, we've been on that site my dad when he came home from college, uh, he uh, in 1943 he bought that uh, uh, bought the farm there and we've been on that farm. I was born and raised there as well as my brothers and sisters there, so we've of been there. Of nine, right? Of nine, yeah. I'm one of nine. There was uh, uh, six boys and three girls. 
And my my little rule is if you go to an ag meeting and there's not at least one rovi there, you're not at the right ag meeting. <laughs> there's a lot of rovies in there. A lot of them stayed in agriculture. Yeah. But we brought Paul to the studio because of something new you're doing. Give us the story. Well, um, we uh, started milking sheep here uh, two or three years ago. And uh, uh, how we got into sheep, because you know, normally cattlemen and sheep are kind of polar opposites. But uh, uh, I, got, I love to eat lamb, and so I was the buyer's fund uh, uh, buyer. They, they, the county fair made me the buyer's fund buyer for uh, about 25 or 28 years ago. I've done that job ever since. The county fair is coming up in a week here. It's coming up, and so... But uh, so I would buy the lambs at the at the county fair and we have pastures out in front of the dairy and we were having to manage them with big equipment. And in those pastures, it's not unusual to see other things like llamas Uh, on the backside. I've seen bison. I've seen Watusi. Y'all seem to be animal collectors as well. Well, (laughs) I like like unique (laughs) things and, and, uh, and I love to have fun. And so that's why we actually the llamas, they're good sheep guards. They they work extremely well at guarding the sheep against coyotes and dogs. They wow. uh, so that's why we have the llamas. They they do a tremendous job with that. So and the buyers fund for the Maricopa County Fair. I wanted to make sure you kind of highlighted. You guys do that for kids that they might not get somebody to buy their lamb or their pig or whatever. Correct? Th- that's correct. Yeah, that's the purpose of the thing. Is is we get we get donations from companies and and people around the in the industry, and then we help support the the kids that don't have a have a uh, a, buyer. a buyer or. They didn't. They didn't get a, a, a price where it can make it to where they can, because uh, the whole purpose of the of the county fair and, and the, the the kids raising thing is that they get to uh, uh, experience uh, agriculture, uh, learn responsibility by raising the animal and doing the things, but also make have have fun and also make a little money so that they understand that there's an economy in in uh, uh, raising. Uh, animals and in, in, in that uh, that aspect that isn't just just work it isn't just fun it's a whole rounded out education through the 4-H and FFA but the reality of it some of it is you ended up with more lambs than maybe you intentionally well <laughs> you I, bought a few more than you I, planned I, so. I, I, I I bought some of the I bought some of the ewes from the buyer's fund and brought them home put them on the pastures and I uh, uh, got some rams and because I love to eat lamb but I love to eat beef too but I love lamb and uh, then some some of the neighbors uh, said, hey, we, we have some sheep. Would you like to buy these? So we bought them, and they turned out to be Dorpers, which is a breed made in, uh, bred in uh, South Africa. And it's a dual purpose. It's, you can milk it and as well as it uh, does really well for meat. And I was showing a picture of my sheep to a person that had grown up raising sheep. And I said, you know, I've got these sheep now. And they commented. They said, Rovi, why aren't you milking those? And I said, nobody milks a sheep. And they said, oh, yeah, they do, and here's why. So we did the research, found out that you should be milking sheep. So I, I went home. We, we transitioned, uh, took the meat sheep and got them to the market and brought in more of the, of the Dorpers as well as started bringing in East Frisian. Uh, it's a breed that milks, uh, has a higher uh, volume of milk. And so we then started milking, uh, milking sheep. Now, can you hook up, because you guys have the dairy for cattle, and you milk, uh, 
I fifteen hundred head of cattle. And we're we're just shy of two thousand. Two thousand head of cattle. Can you use the same milking machine for a sheep? <laughs> no, it, but it's it's in the similar kind of a uh, it it operates the same, but it's quite a bit smaller. The uh, the teacups are are just mini uh, mini cow teacups, and the they have a claw at the at the base that the that the milk collects in, and it goes into the into the line, and, and so the, it's real similar. The other thing you highlighted it's two teeth system not a four teat system <laughs> that's correct yeah it's just uh, it's just two instead of four like a cow makes and me think of that facebook uh meme about milking almonds but oh, <laughs> it's a little bit bigger yeah. than that <laughs> so how many gallons will you get out of a cow versus a sheep um uh, a, a cow will be like our cows will be in the seven to eight gallons a day um on our on our dairy cows and on a sheep we get about a gallon through their la- a gallon a day average through their lactation and that's that's a shorter lactation than a cow is it's about 180 to 200 days whereas a cow is 305 or 365 somewhere in that neck of the woods but. and the and the same principle for having regularly milking sheep in this case is that that you has to have a baby she has to have a lamb right that's the same yeah, yeah. the same with a cow the, 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 they're mammals and so to be able to lactate they uh, they need to have a baby and and uh, and then they start lactating and we we take the, the the babies to the calf barn where the calf raisers they raise the the lambs as well so it really works out as a very symbiotic relationship which I think is so special. I want to come to the dairy and see that. So you've got your lambs and your baby and your calves all in the same area. They can be friends and buddies together. Yep, yep. <laughs> the old range wars weren't weren't necessary. The sheep and the cows Let's can kind get of get along because we <laughs> we're doing it nowadays. So where do you have? So now then you've gone through the process and you're milking these sheep. You've got this very special cheese. I've tried it. One of the thing, characters that characteristics of it that I've discovered is very smooth. And is the fat content a little bit higher in the sheep? And then where do you have it? What locations can someone try your sheep cheese? The uh, the, the, the components in sheep milk are about double of what a Holstein cow's components. And that's the basically when I say components, the fat and the protein. And so consequently, the, wow. the cheese is uh, quite a bit richer um, and uh, uh, and it's higher protein. So when we start making yogurt, it's going to be Greek yogurt from the from the get go because it's double the protein of the of what cow yogurt would be just uh, instead of having to strain it like uh, like Greek does. But the uh, um, the 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 it is creamier. It's uh, because of the of the higher fat content. The ice cream too is incredible because of the of the increased fat level it's uh, it's it's so are you making ice cream with it too well we do it for ourselves we're (laughs) we're we're eventually going to make ice cream that's in the plan of of having an ice cream uh, place and and uh, being able to make make ice cream and and sell it to the consumer and see what y'all have done so successfully you said you were one of nine you have five kids three and a half work for you and you say that half because eric and where's eric in the lineup uh, he's he's the middle child. He's, okay. He's my. I had two girls and then three boys, and he's the oldest, oldest boy, of the but boys. the middle, middle middle child. And he flies airplanes in Alaska half the year, and then he's down here half the year. That's correct. So yeah. you have him half the time. So. Yeah, I have him half the time. That's how I have a half. Well, <laughs> farming it's something that, on a mom pop scale, it's something that provides great for a family, 
But then when you've got all the additional families and then our kids, and as they start families, you know, your acreage doesn't necessarily grow with it. So what it can support family-wise becomes very challenging if you're trying to keep the family together or work the family business and you've got kids yourself. Especially if they want to stay in the farm. That's the key. Exactly. So you guys have the dairy, but now you've got cows and sheep and then so it's expanded and then we're going into ice cream making and you've already got llamas and sheep and uh, (laughs) a handful of steers if you're opening up an ice cream shop you need to turn into a petting zoo as well and that can be you know one more income source for the family to continue to expand agritourism well as you mentioned that we're that's in our plans of doing that because we're we the dairy is in the middle of the city i mean we're within we're within 45 minutes of five million people and so and to be able to have that so that's in the plans hopefully in the next two or three months we can get that going where we can do tours and 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 agritourism and ag education and in that tour Will we get to go through your tractor collection? <laughs> well, that's my brother's tractor collection. So that, he, we're gonna he, have to talk to that's, that's, that, that Larry. Yeah, we have to yeah. talk to Larry because I, when they were all lined up on the row on the east side of the entrance to the north lot, I thought, man, I would just love to get somebody that could tell me the age and history, and it, it was like this tractor progression of 50 years just sitting right there right yeah yeah he had a he had, he has a tremendous amount of really interesting tractors oh bonite oh <coughs> gosh we got a we got repels all <laughs> if you are looking at your home maintenance calendar in the month of april you've got three great options there you've got captain jack's dead bug brew mm-hmm. if you're looking for an organic way to keep insects out of your vegetable garden if you're trying to get rid of grass, you've got to clean up. I got two gallons of concentrate yesterday for my weekend around the Whitman Plantation. Nice. Battling a little bit of our cheese weed out there. But then you've got Repelzol. If the four-legged critters are out there tearing up your yard, you can keep them away in a safe and organic way with Repelzol. It's both people and pet friendly. You can do it in a couple of ways. You can sprinkle the granulars into any burrowing hole you can find, or you can make a barrier around your yard to keep them out. Repelzol is available in granulars. It's available in liquid spray. Anywhere you don't want four-legged critters in your home, castle, or cabin, repel them with Repelzol. Getting home from work and it's time to have a chill. You're not feeling very well. In fact, you're feeling very ill. You think a snack might help. So what do you need? A chunky yellow creamy slab of dairy filled cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're the best, Gary. I like that song. (laughs) When I got into cheese making, what, are, what do you do when you're trying to learn something new? You find a couple books and you read them. And that's at least you know how I teach myself something I want to learn. This book, Cheese Making, uh, Home Cheese Making Recipes for 75 Homemade Cheese by Ricky Carroll, talks about the history of cheese. How, do you know how it was discovered? Afraid to ask. Uh, when you yeah, hear this story, you're going to be glad you're about 5,000 years in development down the road. It was actually s- discovered in the Sahara. When people traveling on camels, they were using the (laughs) stomachs of animals as canteens. Uh And they put milk into these canteens. And on a warm day, sloshing Sloshing. along, riding along on the camel, when they stopped for their rest and they opened it up, and it had all curdled. And that was the start of the discovery of cheese-making process that uh, 
a lot more refined today. Yeah. Well, you know, that's probably pretty accurate in the function that rennet, which is the, the, uh, uh, an enzyme in the stomach, is still what we use today for curdling or, or making the cheese. And, and, so that's... and where do you get your rennet? Because that was always my hardest thing. There are places at the store that can buy, you can buy them, but they don't do good for cheese making. Yeah, well, I don't. I we we get ours from a cheese making a worldwide cheese making company called Formagex. Okay, and they have a, a just a myriad of the cultures and the different rennets and different uh, products, and so we that's how we get our our uh, rennet and, and our cultures for the different cheeses. And making that cheese, getting your curds is a lot like making a gumbo. You got to have it warm, mm-hmm. and you got to constantly be stirring it, mm-hmm. um, and it it. You're, you're, you're stirring and you're stirring and you're stirring. You think, I am sitting here wasting my time. Then all of a sudden, just in a matter of seconds, these cheese curds just all of a sudden start forming and appear at the top <laughs> in like a matter of 90 seconds. You're, you're standing there for an hour. Then finally, all of a sudden, it just it's like magic. It just happens. That's and- right. Gentlemen, despite Romy's camel story about the invention of cheese, I still want to know where I can get your sheep cheese. Uh, well, the, the 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 easiest place for us is is you can get it at Rovi Dairy uh, on Friday afternoons and Saturday mornings. We're open from noon to five on Friday afternoon, and from. Uh, 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 nine o'clock in the morning till two on Saturday afternoon. And you've been telling me to come get some forever, but yeah. I, when I pass the dairy, it's five o'clock in the morning and you haven't opened yet, and I'm not going back across town that quick <laughs> in the afternoon. So, so you've brought me a I couple brought, goodies here. You bet. Yeah, and we also at the at the farm we have our our Wagyu uh, Jersey Cross beef that we've fattened up, and so we we have that for sale at the farm, and and also our lamb that we've fattened, and. Uh, have it for sale there at the farm as well. Lamb, beef, and cheese. Yep. Talk me through these five. You know what? We're not going to have time. We'll save it for the long segment after news break because you have five different types of, uh, I was going to say goat, but these are sheep cheese. Right. And until I started making cheese, I never knew what curds and whey was. She was sitting there eating her curds and whey. What the heck were curds and whey? Uh, what do you do with the whey? Well, the whey, we actually feed it back to our, our, uh, our livestock. It, it's got a lot of uh, lactose in it. And because uh, uh, as, as most people don't know, the lactose leaves or 90% of the lactose leaves the, the cheese. So cheese is naturally lactose, either uh, non-existent or low, depending on the style of cheese. And, and so, but that, that sugar in there, it, we feed it back to our, our livestock and it makes a great feed. So you can eat your curds and whey. <laughs> I was never brave enough to try the whey. The, the curds we take, but the whey, I'm like, that just doesn't even look like something you're supposed yeah. to put in your body. And you can get your cheese at Milk and More. At That's the, true. Yeah, the I, UDA I, I, uh, we can get it at Milk and More there at, uh, on the on Broadway at uh, at United Dairymen at uh, uh, at the Olive Mill uh, over in Queen, Queen Creek. Creek. Olive Mill. Olive Mill. We have our cheeses. In fact, my daughter and son-in-law are are demoing this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon at the Olive Mill, uh, uh, tasting, giving people that are there different, you know, cutting up the cheeses and giving them samples and, and tastes so of good. it. And it, that's the one in Queen Creek because they've got a satellite location in Kierlin now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's the one in Queen Creek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then also at the Winery 101, uh, they have our cheese there for uh, – for sampling with the wine and, and where is cheese. winery 101 it's at the 101 and and peoria avenue 
Yum. Or Olive Avenue. Peoria or Olive. One of the <laughs> it's two. It's right a, there. It's within a mile of each other. It's Close to Dylan's Barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking farm fresh cheese with Julie Murphy, the spokeswoman for Arizona Farm Bureau, and Paul Rovey of the Rovey Dairy. Why you open this store? What you looking for? Cheese? I'm cheddar. I'm much better than the rest of these. Don't speak too fast. You need to get a load of this. I'm Swiss. All right, white boy. They get the disc. Come on, holes in my body. Then my boy fitty sick. Curdled on the street. Geneva represent. Yeah, that is a good question. What is it about Swiss that all those holes exist? <laughs> I defer to Paul on that question. <laughs> what, well, what that is is it's, a, it's a, a culture that then forms gas bubbles inside of the cheese and, and makes, the, makes the holes. So it's just a, it's part of that um, uh, aging, ferment, fermenting aspect of cheese because that's what happens when you age it. It, it the flavors come out and, and they get bolder and stronger and, and so in that uh, essentially fermentation side of the equation they uh, they grow unique and, and fun flavors and so great flavors. It's legitimate holy cheese. You yes. know and Paul I'm so not surprised that he knew all that because he's always had a very strong role in the dairy industry. You've been a UDA president in the past, and for 16, 17 years, you were the chair of the, what's the name of it? It's Dairy Management Incorporated. What yeah. it is, it's the checkoff organization for, for dairy. We have a, a checkoff. What a checkoff is is you take money out of, uh, out of uh, your, the milk checks for advertised promotion and research. And we've formed a national organization called Dairy Management Incorporated, and they do they then coordinate uh, with uh, all the states and, and regions to have that promotion and research and those things. And so I was I was uh, fortunate enough to have that opportunity to be chairman for 17 years of the organization. I just stepped down a year ago because I wanted to further push the uh, our our cheese and our meat and our our operation in that direction. And it, it makes a difference when you've got someone that's so uh, fully committed to an industry to make some neat changes and then always be on the edge of innovation and then looking for new products. I'm just so amazed that you guys have – you you kind of joke. You say you fell into this sheep cheese business. Right, yeah. But, I, I stumbled into it there with, uh, with being the buyer's fun guy and – Starting in the sheep and then getting the thing and and so it's I, I it, it, you know what when I first got the sheep there was no intention of ever milking sheep or having cheese or those things it was all about just I want to eat lamb and uh, <laughs> so consequently uh, uh, I, I I some people kid me whenever the first lamb was re- available to be uh, to be uh, processed and and to to bring home to eat my son comes to me and he says uh, Dad uh, we the we have our first lamb ready to go, and uh, what do you, but we have a problem. And I says, okay, what's the problem? And he says, well, we can have it and eat it, or we can sell it for $175. <laughs> and, he's, and he says, what do you want to do? And I said, sell it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> when agriculture needs a sale. So. The Rovi family is always busy, always innovating, always thinking of Another neat thing you can do in agriculture, and we definitely do it here in Arizona. And that, to that point, we also have a lot of our local cheesemakers. We've got Crow's Dairy, right. and they do a, some incredible cheese, and they're in a lot of the restaurants, just like what you're getting into with your restaurant. Lawns, um, Jeremy 
Pacheco takes both your meat and your sheep cheese. That's correct? right, and and some of our Wagyu product whenever oh, we okay. have it available for him. Uh, so he he uses our 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 cheeses, our our lamb meat, and and uh, and our Wagyu at t- when we can have enough enough available. We're we're ramping up into the Wagyu, so we we don't have availability all the time. And when you say availability, that's one thing I really enjoy with the kids is like how long is it take to make dinner dad i'm like well this took us two and a half years if you want to count the time we got the cow <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah yeah it takes a long time to to gear up for it so we're we're in the process of gearing up for it and when uh, you've geared up to five different types of sheep cheese now and i'm gonna throw this in because i'm curious and i i am throwing your left hand uh Sidebar, I apologize. What's the difference between sheep cheese and goat cheese? Uh, well, it just a different animal. I mean, you know, it, there, there is quite a bit of difference in flavor. Uh, sheep cheese is really mild and, and, uh, and, and never, never what I call goaty. Sometimes the goat cheese can get kind of strong. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's what I wanted to know. When I made our first goat cheese, it came out in this big wheel. I brought a press, and, you know, every certain di- amount of time you got to press it down further, and the whey grad- gradually oozes out and seeps out, and after a certain amount of time it's done. I'm like, all right, so this is goat cheddar cheese. Let's make a cheese, Chris. Oh, I cleared out the house. That aroma did not leave for like five hours. Right, <laughs> Dad, right. what'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> I won't make cheese crisps out of goat cheese anymore. Right, right. Well, or you've got to be a good goat cheese maker. Maybe that's the issue, Roman. Yeah. <laughs> We've so, got some good goat cheese in Arizona. Yes, yeah. yeah. The, 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 uh, the goat cheese can be extremely good, but the, it, it can have that. Sheep cheese is always really mild, and, and so it's a mild... Uh, a mild kind of cheese. So I can try with this cheddar. I can. We can try. Sheep, you you can crisp. make a great uh, right. cheese crisp with the with the sheep. It makes a great great one. Well, we just had a little tasting party, and that really was a wonderful experience and nice surprise. I was a little afraid it'd be gamey, but it's not at all. It is so smooth, and if you can't eat the dairy kind of cheese, it's a oh, it's amazing. We'll be out for with our baskets. So we've got cheddar, but we've got four other types here. This one is a Spanish style cheese. Sanchego? Well, it's called Sanchego. It's actually a Manchego-style cheese, but since uh, since that is a trademark name, we we can't uh, utilize that name, so we call it Sanchego because it's made in the Valley of the Sun. Perfect. And so it uh, we, we stay with the kind of the... So stu- what's different about this one as opposed to a cheddar? Uh, di- uh, different flavors. You're going to notice a little different uh, different flavors. It, it's kind of like uh, the differences in cheddar and gouda and the different cheeses, even in cow cheeses. You can notice different uh, cultures. The cultures are all what make it the different flavors uh, that that are going into the different. And cheeses. you're doing five different cheeses right now. Actually, we have uh, we have five here today, but we actually have at least two more. Oh. Uh, we have a, a really nice feta that uh, we've actually sold out of. I don't have any right now, so uh, we're we're out of the feta, but we will be making it. And then the other is is a, a blue that we had sold out of, and mm. the the blue is it's actually Roquefort. Uh, when when it's in a sheep cheese, but that one we're gonna call uh, uh, Rovi Roke because it's also a trademark uh-huh. name, so we're gonna call it Rovi Roke, and uh, and then uh, uh, do you have a pecorino? Uh, is there a uh, is there a pecorino there? That's not that that one is the uh, oh yes yes okay. pecorino Phoenician yeah well it's pecorino Romano 
because the Romano region of Italy makes the pecorino. Uh, pecorino is is uh, is sheep in uh, in Italian, and so they can't trademark pecorino, but they can t- trademark pecorino romano. So that's trademark. So we we can't call it pecorino romano. So we call it pecorino Phoenician because it's made in the Phoenix region of Arizona. So so, so what does Jeremy from Lawn say about your cheese? I mean, here's one of our high end uh, award winning chefs. What's his take on it? Oh, he loves our cheese. He loves he loves that we have the the lamb here as well because then he can have fresh lamb uh, at his restaurant. So yeah, he's uh, we've become good friends with him because we can we can supply him stuff that he normally wouldn't be able to get a hold of in in the Arizona market. What's his restaurant? Uh, it's Lons at the Hermosa. Uh, at the Hermosa Inn in Paradise Valley. Okay. And and it's like like uh, Julie says, it's a it's a, a, a an award winning restaurant, exceptionally good. He and, does a tremendous job. And he was almost as or more excited about the fact that he could access fresh lamb meat from you too. That's that's true because he wasn't he didn't have lamb on the menu uh, because of of uh, of the challenges of getting in any kind of fresh meat. So. He's really, uh, really glad that we are having sheep in the valley here so that he can have that opportunity. And growing up on a farm here in Arizona, a farm family, um, and wanting to celebrate local when he can access it. And this is the case with so many of our chefs today, uh, independent restaurant chefs, that if they discover a new product that we're making in agriculture, they're going to celebrate it, promote it, and use it in their menu. That's true, and 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 we can use more uh, chefs using more of our cheese. We'd be glad to to supply it to uh, to other uh, uh, and meats as well uh, to other restaurants in the valley here. Well, we are just pleased that uh, this is something that's local here. I love the fact that you know we always look for things that say "Made in America." I love this one says "Made in Arizona." Right? Yeah, yeah. Brings it's, it even closer to yeah, home. Yeah. So. You've got the dairy that you sell this at right now. You've right. got the United Dairymen's Council's Cheese Shop in Tempe. Right, the Milk and More store. That's a fun place. Yes. They don't they... go in there hungry. <laughs> go eat and then go shop there. <laughs> and they're making a lot of cheese, including their cheese curds that have become pretty famous and popular. That's true. They they make the, the, reg, the cheeses, but they, they start out. We started out making just curds there, and uh, and then we they branched into making other, you know, hard cheeses and stuff. But the curds are incredible, and the cheeses that they make are, are extremely good as well. And we make – they make my cheese for me as well. They, they – uh, I take my milk down to the to United Dairymen. They they convert it into cheese. We bring it out to the farm. We age it at the farm. Then I take it back to United Dairymen. They do the cutting and and uh, and wrapping for me, and then we we uh, send send it out from there. And they brought in master cheesemakers from Wisconsin. I remember reading an article about the recruiting process that it took them a long time to get somebody. Uh, out here, but it, it was there's a specific name for a master cheese crafter. I read in the article. Do you all recall that? It was something very I have, unique. I remember that too, but I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wanted an expert, and they brought him out here. And then the thing that I'm struck with because of you mentioning that, Romy, is they have this you know national cheese contest. You've got to get your sheep cheese in there. Yes, yeah, we we intend to to, to as we get. 
you know, more time as and, you and ramp up, to, ramp this. up, we're going to be putting cheeses in the different contests because because uh, I think we can we can uh, uh, compete with the best of them. How many sheep are you milking right now? We're only milking about seventy right now because we have just the, the volume and the market. So as we grow the the market, we will. Uh, right now, the ones that we don't milk, we just leave the lambs on, let them uh, let them uh, uh, grow on there. And the ones that we milk, we have the lambs go to the calf barn, being raised by the by the calf uh, calf raisers. And uh, but as we ramp up our our need for the cheese, then we'll ramp up milking more sheep. Well, anybody that loves sheep has. Sh- cheese has got to try this sheep cheese because it uh that was absolutely phenomenal it is this what is this yellow one the rovi farm sheep cheese english cheddar with chive and onion yeah that's all it it, it was a it was a cheese that we we kind of almost as an experiment we it's a it's an english cheddar and uh and we put in some different uh different ingredients in it as well to add some different flavors and and uh, the nice thing about the sheep cheese it has its own unique flavor but it also carries these other flavors extremely well and brings them to the to the forefront so it's uh, it uh, sheep cheese is, is is an incredible product you know there's a wine event on the 12th at in at U of A and it's at the it's being put on by the College of Agriculture and it's also uh, hosted by the Arizona Wine Growers Association. This is on the twelfth, and I want to see if we can get some of your cheese. We there. can do that. Okay, yeah, we'll yep, do that. That would work. Uh, we we would easily get you. And that's on the twelfth okay. of this month. Yep, Thank I'm going to be there sampling, the, and that's what made me think of it because the pairing your cheese with some of the wines, and. Oh my gosh! I can well, that, my taste what, buds are hopping as we speak. <laughs> that, that's what Winery One Hundred and One does. They they serve our cheese with their wine, and and they do a really nice job. Have a, they have a really nice facility there. I'm pretty sure it's actually on, on the One Hundred and One in Olive. And if you're on the other side of town, near Queen Creek, you can go out to the Queen Creek Olive Mill today. Oh, yeah. And your was it your daughter, my daughter, son-in-law that's son-in-law. out there. Yep. With a bunch of y'all's cheese sampling yep. it there. Yep. And I know they sell wine at the Queen Creek Olive Mill. Yep. They do. They sell all kinds of products. They do a they do a really nice job of their of their with with all of their products is uh, they do a, a first class job. You know, I order a lot of stuff from Louisiana because I can't find the authentic stuff, but when I try the Queen Creek Olive Mill's Mufalata sandwich spread, that's as close to uh Cajun as you could get anywhere, so I get it all local here now. All my mufalata comes from the Queen Creek Olive. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> now, if you're dealing with insects, we talked about pests last time. If you're dealing with insects and you're looking for a safe, organic way to keep them off your garden, you won't want to spend all that time working with your produce just for uh, four-legged, eight-legged, 12-legged, bug-eyed insects. Hit them with Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brood. It's available in a powder. You can sprinkle around the base. It's available in a spray liquid. You can spray it right onto the plant. And it's all organic. In fact, you can apply and harvest in the same day. It's that organic. It's all natural. The ingredients were found out of aging rums that were left in the Caribbean island by pirates hundreds of years ago. Turns out 400-year-old rum turns to be a pretty good bug killer. But it won't uh, it won't hurt you. Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew is available all over the state, including Summer Winds Nursery and Phoenix at all locations, whether it's the one on Tatum, the one on Bell, or the one on, uh, what is it, Country Club, right next to Treeland Nurseries as well, carries Bonite. 
joined in studio the first Saturday of every month is Julie Murphy with the Arizona Farm Bureau, bringing in somebody, a uh, former rancher, local here in Arizona. And, you know, it's a big industry for Arizona, $22 billion, according to the latest research. 23.3 And it's it takes a lot of water, and uh, sometimes we get a little bit of criticism about that. But here's why it's so important. You know, what if we relied all on someone else to provide it for us and you've got these hundreds of flooded out midwest farms that aren't going to have any produce this year that's if we weren't growing any of our own uh and that was our major supply yep start eating uh get used to an all meat (laughs) yeah (laughs) an all meat diet and we have the challenge too of we there for a while a possible border closure and there's some legitimacy to that because of the um uh, illegal immigration issue. Uh, we do bring a lot of workers across the border fully legal, but we also would have had the risk of losing a lot of produce. So we always are facing quite a few issues. And those times, like with the Roe v. Dairy, when we can be local with some of our food, and I just heard that your family's trying to produce, what, 60, 70% of your own food? And that's not easy to do. So uh, we need to celebrate all of it. We need to celebrate the fact that a lot of our agriculture is exported, but we also need to celebrate local, and thanks to ro- families like the Rovies, we're able to do that. And your dairy is going to be open up here in about eight minutes. Somebody that uh, is just so encouraged to get some or, or inspired to get some sheep cheese is available just in a few minutes. The dairy is on Northern Avenue West of 67, No, west 73rd. of, uh, just a little west of 75th Fifth, Avenue. Okay. It's 7711 on the south side of the road there. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be open there, like you say, in just a few minutes. Look and for the big tractor that's yep. about, what, 15 feet above ground? Exactly. Yeah, on our flagpole, uh, we have a tractor on the flagpole out front. Uh, pull right in there. That's where it's at. And, and uh, you can get cheese, you can get lamb meat, and you can get uh, a Wagyu beef. And you've got a big sign on it that talks about the advancement in agriculture. It's like we grow just as much food with 90% less land, X percent less water. That, that's true. We have a, a billboard there kind of decorating the front of the dairy. And, it, and, and agriculture has made so many tremendous gains in efficiency and productivity that we, you know, those numbers are, are true and continuing to improve. We, we continue to do that as we, as we continue to, to, to hone our skills and become more productive. And the, the one thing that's fun to highlight because you're from the dairy industry is we have so, and I can't remember the numbers, but much smaller herds nationwide or smaller if you aggregate those numbers of dairy cows producing way more than we did in the 1950s right what is that number do you remember um well right now um uh, I don't know the numbers we had in the 50s, but it was a lot more cows than we have now right. in the country. We have just just right at nine million cows, and they produce they produce about seven times the amount of of milk and dairy products that we produced in the 50s with a lot more cattle. I don't know what that number yeah. is, but the production the production and the volume is is uh, so much more uh, and become so much more efficient with it. We do way more with a lot less. And it's actually safer and all the rest because of all the advancements in food safety and those things. So it's uh, we have an extremely safe food supply here in the United States. We're, we're so fortunate. 
And if uh, families out there want to support that, Arizona Farm Bureau has a membership. Our non-ag membership is $59. I had a woman come up to me after she listened to some of the challenges that farmers face, and she says, we need to help the farmer. We need to help the farmer. And I told her, you can do that. Just join Arizona Farm Bureau for $59 because a lot of the— A year. A year. $59 a year. I might have said a month, but it's a year. Um, A lot of those efforts are like this, where we're trying to promote our— local family farms that are producing locally so that this woman that wanted to take care of our farmers, she can do that real easily with a $59 a year membership to Arizona Farm Bureau. And that you can sign up online at azfb.org. And something we're all going to do today is eat. And if you can do that supporting somebody local, why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? And also fill your plate. We three searchable databases of farmers markets, um, product that you can buy on the farm like Roby's Dairy and also um, just recipes from our farm families. Lots of cheese recipes on there too. Lots of cheese recipes. I don't know if we have any Roby family recipes on Fill Your Plate. We need to fix that. We need to, yep, we need to get some in. Yep. I was really glad to see this uh, headline that thief down there at Schnepp Farms is vandalizing it. They caught him. Good. He was our guest last month and not yep. the thief, but Schneffer. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Shortly after that, somebody started vandalizing, so I'm glad they caught him. Yeah. That's just, that's aggravating. Crazy. No need for it. Thank but you, Romy. we appreciate Julie uh, with the Arizona Farm Bureau being down here. Paul Rovi, after all these years, we finally got you on the air. And yep. Pleasure Thank having you. you in the studio. It's Rovi Dairy, Northern Avenue, just west of 75th Avenue, south side of the road. Yep. With seven varieties of sheep, cheese, yep. lamb, and beef. Yep. Can you stay open till three? I can get there by three. I can't get there by two. Can you stay open till three? 